Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Did you know that the average American visits 28 different types of doctors before they die? 17.6 prescriptions are filled per person each year and 19% of adult women take an antidepressant. The Financial Times was out with an article recently talking about how there's been a dramatic rise in cancer in millennials. For men, sperm count has decreased dramatically as infertility rises in women. So why are Americans so unhealthy. What's behind it? We'll talk to a guy who has been on a mission to expose big food, big pharma, and how they're collaborating to kill us as Americans. His name is Callie Means. He's the founder of TrueMed. It's a company that issues prescriptions for food and exercise, which enables tax-free spending on items that actually promote health, which you would think would be the goal in all this, but it doesn't seem to be. He's also writing a book right now with his sister, Dr. Casey Means, about food as medicine and how we can be healthier as Americans. His journey on all this started because he used to be a consultant for food and pharma companies back in the day. Now he's trying to expose these practices that are killing us and killing Americans. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. It's an important one about how big food and big pharma are killing us. Callie Means is next. Well, Callie, I'm looking forward to having this conversation. You know, we were talking a little bit before we got started and I was like, I'm trying to be healthier. I did eat Twizzlers today. So like, I laugh at that, but they probably will kill me, but trying to work on health. And then that's what you do. So I, I think this will be a, a really interesting conversation. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, pumped to be here. You know, Kelly, as I say that, I mean, we do have so many Americans that are obese. You know, Americans are unhealthy. Why are so many Americans unhealthy? Yeah, I mean, even to your initial comment, I think we've been conditioned to blame ourselves. And I think the medical condition is basically, you know, my sister went to Stanford med school um, and she said the first day from the first day on their train that the American patients are lazy. They're going to eat their Twizzlers. They're going to eat their Big Macs. They're going to eat their soda. And the medical system is there to to pick up uh, the rest. And obviously, you know, I think as conservatives, personal accountability is really important. But when you look around America right now, 
and you look at 80% of Americans, adults, overweight or obese, um, you look at children, you look at 30% of kids now having pre-diabetes, which would have been unthinkable a generation ago. You look at 25% of teenagers having fatty liver disease, which you only used to see in elderly alcoholics not too long ago. You, you see this condition after condition just exponentially skyrocketing. Um, and I just refuse to believe that the American people have become, frankly, more suicidal. You know, Life expectancy is going down, diseases are going up, um, or, or really wanting to live more miserable, shorter lives. I, I don't think that's been a, been a flip that switched in the American psyche in the past 40 years, you really got to look at some really the two largest institutions by many measure, measures in the country, the food industry and the healthcare industry. You know, the healthcare industry is the largest and fastest growing industry in the country. And yeah, I just refuse to believe that the American people have uh, in the past generation, you know, want, been systematically have the death wish that they want to live shorter, less happy lives and be much sicker. I mean, these rates of every condition, you know, from heart disease, diabetes, cancer, uh, depression, you know, all of these conditions, which I'd argue are highly tied to food have, have been skyrocketing. And I really think it boils down, you know, when you look at the institutions, you know, when you really have to, particularly when you have all these stats uh, skyrocketing uh, among kids, you've got to ask what the systemic uh, triggers are. And, and the, the, the triggers I'm seeing from my early career working for food and pharma companies and now trying to change the incentives is we have this devil's bargain. So food companies um, win when food is cheaper and more addictive. And you would expect the medical system to be ringing the alarm bell about that. You know, when 85% of deaths in the United States are tied to preventable conditions tied to food, but actually the healthcare industry, as I said, has become the largest and the fastest growing industry in the United States by treating sick patients. It necessitates patients to be sicker for longer periods of time to grow. And that's exactly what happens. So the medical system is almost universally silent about why we're getting sick. And 95% of healthcare dollars go towards managing conditions after we get sick. So you have food almost, you know, just, just clearly uh, making us sicker, more infertile, more depressed, and more overweight. And you have the medical system, shamefully, I would argue, standing silent. So, so that that's the dynamic I'm really trying to talk about, and uh, and and I think actually reeling it back is easier than we think. But we have to understand why everyone around us is seems to be getting sicker. You know, and I joke around about this, but I, I do I try to practice. You know, I eat healthy like 90 percent of the time. I work out a lot because I do you know take it seriously. I want to live a long and healthy life. What would happen to big pharma if? we focused on what we ate and what we eat. Short term, this would destroy the economy uh, in, the, in the short term. Um, healthcare is the most employed industry. It's 20% of GDP. It's growing two times more than GDP. So in 20 years or so, it'll be 40% of GDP. Um, that, will, that will be the death of America. Like if a, the American experiment falls uh, and, and, and ceases to exist, the number one reason will be because we drove ourselves bankrupt while getting sicker, fatter, more depressed and more infertile. Um, so, so, so right now this is a huge part of the economy. It's the biggest part of the economy, the intervention based healthcare system. I was recently driving, uh, in the South and there were billboards saying we're hiring nurses, no criminal background check. Um, there, there's just this insatiable appetite of growth of this industry. 
which again, um, from Republicans to to to, to Democrats uh, in states when they're opening these massive new hospitals, just saying jobs, jobs, jobs. It's medical progress. But the fact that every city in the United States, the largest and most gleaming building, is a new childhood, you know, uh, children's hospital or children's cardiology center. That that's not progress. Uh, this is a big problem. So right now, pharma, which I tie to the intervention-based system, where where, where it's tied in, where every institution that touches our health makes more money when we're sick. Um, that's an important part of the economy. If we re- unreal that, which we have to, because mathematically we're going to go bankrupt, uh, there would be big economic dislocations in the short term. And the long term, it would unleash uh, human capital in this country. It would solve our budget problems and unleash human capital. Right now, we spend significantly more from the US budget on caring for diabetics than we do on military defense and intelligence. Um, you know, the, the, we are going to go bankrupt because of this issue. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be a short-term dislocation, but it's absolutely necessary for the long-term economic growth and vibrancy of the United States. Because as, as you, as you alluded to, there's nothing more important for public policy. The first order issue in our country is the happiness and health of our population. And it's almost like we're scoring an own goal and subsidizing terrible food that's making us sick um, and really just pouring gasoline on that, uh, not causing the root cause. So I, I, I think when you really tie it down, this is the biggest issue we face. Well, even when I say, you know, I, I try to eat healthy, what does healthy look like? I mean, one of the problems, at least what we you know saw during COVID is how much the NIH controls studies in America and controls, you know, studies through the grant process and that sort of thing. And a lot of studies are funded by someone, some organization with the purpose, with the message, with the intention of, you know, essentially pushing propaganda on us. So when I say healthy, you know, how do you figure out what healthy actually is uh, given the dynamic of, you know, all these studies that we we see are, you know, essentially being sponsored by, you know, a company or an individual with an agenda? So let's look at Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci was in charge of overseeing autoimmune conditions, really a lot of oversight into chronic disease management over the past 40 years. During that time, the percentage of Americans with chronic conditions went from under 20% to to over 60% now. Uh, While he funded trillions of dollars, the NIH, during that time um, on research that ostensibly uh, was to lower chronic conditions. So what do we have with government agencies? The NIH is a grant-making organization. So you have bureaucrats at the NIH who are able to take consulting payments from pharma, or if they're doing nutrition, many take uh, uh, consulting payments, direct bribes from food companies. And then 90 plus percent of the NIH and federal budgets on health is actually, they're not doing the research themselves, they're grant-making, and they're they're able to issue those grants to conflicted researchers. And by studies from ProPublica and other outlets uh, show that 80 to 90% of all research funding you know, goes to somebody that has a conflict. So that's certainly happening with pharma where it's just a wash um, in pharmacy where there's this revolving door where leaders from the NIH or, you know, Scott Gottlieb, who led the FDA, which oversees pharma, went straight to the board of Pfizer. You know, this is just well established. It's a, just a cesspool. It's also the case with nutrition. So food companies, interestingly, contribute 11 times more money to foundational nutrition research than the NIH. And the majority of NIH funding is going to those same studies. They're actually able, the NIH is able to contribute money to conflicted studies. So actually the most preeminent nutrition study uh, of the past five years is called the the food compass. Um, This was millions of dollars from the NIH released with the NIH seal 
and Tufts Nutrition School, one of the preeminent nutrition schools. It was also funded by processed food companies. And this uh, this got some coverage and I talked to Jesse Waters and some others about this, but uh, this uh, said that Lucky Charms is healthier than beef and Honey Nut Cheerios was healthier than eggs. Um, this was this was an NIH, the preeminent nutrition study today. Um, so, so, so that's what you get. And, and having worked for the food companies early in my career and steering um, really, really helping to actually create a strategy for research funding. I was blown away that researchers at Tufts, at Harvard, at Stanford, at preeminent institutions are basically nothing more than PR tools of big food. Um, it was just a list of Harvard professors, Tufts professors, uh, professors at prominent schools. We give them millions of dollars. And they'd create studies saying, still to this day, leading institutions are questioning whether sugar causes obesity. Um, you know, so 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 that that's how the game is played. The last point I'd make, you know, ha having seen behind the curtain a little bit with the food companies, is that confusion is the goal. So there's been fifty thousand peer-reviewed nutrition studies in the, just the last two years, and the goal is that you get these new studies saying, well, this is good, this is bad, this is good. It's confusion. When in reality, humans are the only animals that are systematically obese. We're the only animals that systematic have 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 uh, chronic rates of diabetes, heart disease, cancer. Um, humans and and animals we've domesticated. So if you take a dog, a like a dog, a, a pet, uh, they have an over fifty percent cancer rate, over fifty percent depression rate. So fifty percent of dogs get cancer. Okay, and 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 over fifty percent obesity rate if you measure dogs. Wolves in the wild have a one percent cancer rate. The depression rate doesn't register, and they are not obese. There's not a problem of obese giraffes and lions or any animal in the wild. This only happens when we get the experts involved. This that that that's the only difference between humans and and every literally every other animal in the world. So. I, I think we really have been misled just as we have with the COVID and the pharmaceutical policies. We've been completely misled to literally question on TikTok. You know, you have influencers literally questioning even whether natural food versus processed food, which one is better. This is literally a debate in nutrition communities. Let's take a quick commercial break. Morth Cowley on the other side. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What percentage of what we are told about health and nutrition is true? The food companies spend a lot of times more than the NIH on nutrition studies, and the vast majority of NIH funding is goes to conflicted studies. Um, I, I, I would treat any nutrition study as a public relations document for big food, you know, working for big food, you know, watching specifically Coke and Pepsi, the interest organization for them, watching hundreds of millions of dollars go to really be the backbone of nutritional research from, from Coke and other processed food companies. Uh, I can tell you it's actually illegal for companies to spend that type of money without a return. It's against their fiduciary duty. Um, these people are very smart. They're spending that for a, a return. So I, I, I just, that that's, this is my point and it gets to very simple. We have been, I think it's actually, this represents a spiritual crisis because we have actually been so beaten down and, and taken away from any awe or curiosity or ability or empowerment to ask questions about our bodies. I mean, just think about this. You know, you, a child is born, you go into the doctor, you are a terrible parent for even asking a question uh, about the 71 shots that child is supposed to take before the, they turn six. Um, and then your anti-science, if you question any of this dietary philosophy uh, that's being pushed on that uh, child is 50% of teenagers are, are obese or overweight. Um, and parents are battered to not question the science, you know, on any of this stuff when kids are being fed into a, to a wood chipper essentially for their health. Um, we we've been battered to, to, to trust the science when the science has completely and utterly failed us. We've also been told it's complicated when every other animal in the world implicitly seems to figure this stuff out. So I, I, I truly would, would look at the record of the current nutrition and health apparatus Look at the fact that the rates of every chronic condition, which lead to 85% of deaths in the United States and 85% of healthcare costs are off the charts. We've been completely failed. So yeah, I, I mean, listen to your doctor when it comes to chronic conditions, I guess, you know, maybe look at a study, but, but they deserve no benefit of the doubt. Um, I, you know, you, you often have guests come on here with the medical stuff and say, you know, consult your doctor. You maybe should consult your doctor, but you should not trust your doctor when it comes to preventing or reversing lifestyle-based chronic conditions. Well, I mean, I found out during COVID that doctors actually don't know a whole lot. I mean, I had some that tried to convince me to get the COVID vaccine, and then upon pressuring them and asking additional probing questions, they couldn't answer them, or their answers didn't make sense. And and actually, you know, going through with uh, getting the COVID, and now I'm more suspicious of everything. And you know, I about bit a doctor's head off who asked me if I wanted to get the flu shot. So I, I'm suspicious of everything now. Um, you'd mentioned as you should be. Yeah. I mean, look, everyone's, you know, they're all liars, right? You know, our government lies to us and they make money off of it. And then, you know, big pharma makes money. And as does the food companies, as you pointed out, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, you'd mentioned infertility earlier, which is a big concern, particularly, you know, look, I haven't had kids yet. I want kids. Um, you know, I know a lot of my friends, you know, this, this is something that's discussed and, and is concerning. The male sperm count has reduced significantly over the years. Miscarriages have gone up. Uh, why? Yeah, I think this is the biggest warning sign there is. And uh, the people in my family and close to me are uh, male and female are, are struggling with fertility issues. And the, these just to just to hammer home what you just said, this is off the charts right now. Um, so just a high level. Our bodies, our core evolutionary functions are really like shutting down. I mean, if there is not a more blatant sign, our bodies could send us 
then male sperm count down by some measure 70% in a generation. And then PCOS, which is the leading cause of female infertility, skyrocketing to by some measures 25% of women experiencing it. You know, the, our, our, our core evolutionary purpose on this earth is actually like really shutting down. We are truly on a trajectory of becoming an infertile population. And I think this represents the, the, the dynamic of that devil's bargain. So, you know, we, 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 we fundamentally through our incentives of, of the, of society right now, you know, we're much more sedentary, only 20% of 21 year old males are eligible to join the military. Only 20%, 80% are not eligible based on their fitness. Um, we are, you know, systematically like obese, right? 80% of uh, adults uh, are obese or overweight. We're sleeping two hours less. We're, you know, a sedentary lifestyle in sunless rooms. Uh, so, 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 so fundamentally, like we're, we're doing a science experiment on ourselves. And then we're throwing up our hands and wondering why all these things are happening, including infertility. So I just take PCOS and I would just, I would just like, I think this is a very important point that it's criminal doctors don't talk about. PCOS is insulin resistance. PCOS is the same trigger as diabetes. It literally is the same thing. Um, the, 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 the foundational um, trigger of what causes the leading cause of infertility for women, PCOS, uh, is insulin resistance, which is, which is uh, diabetes is simply a, um, an arbitrary marker along the line of fasting glucose, which is a, which is an indicator of insulin resistance, which, which, which means our cells are not processing, uh, energy correctly, which is almost entirely tied to food and, and other metabolic habits like exercise. You, you can reverse this, uh, almost anyone can. And what happens is you have women, uh, not even told that. Um, and just funneled into this highly invasive, highly intervention-based uh, system um, where, you know, leading uh, fertility uh, doctors that I know from Harvard and Stanford um, actually don't even fully understand the link between uh, insulin resistance and uh, PCOS. And obviously, if, if patients understand how to eat healthy, um, and, and reverse, uh, the underlying cause of their infertility that doesn't make the hospital any money, but obviously IVF and these other very invasive procedures do. So, um, it sounds so simple, but you know, the way we treat our body, you know, our biomarkers, but, but, but if you're, I, I just say this and, you know, everyone's on their own journey, but you know, your core, uh, biomarkers around blood sugar levels, uh, cholesterol levels, the things you get for free or annual checkup, really having curiosity if those are not under rate levels and how to bring those down. It really is an indicator and highly tied to fertility, like most other conditions, but but fertility um, uh, highly tied. And then as far as male sperm count and, and male fertility issues, you know, um, male testosterone, male sperm counts plummeting. And, you know, we, we kind of throw up our hands, wonder why we, we throw a bunch of pills and procedures and hormone therapies at the issue. But it's like, uh, is that man exercising? Is that man in the sun? Is that person eating the right amount of protein? Is that person feeling their cells with the right things? Is that person on a ton of pharmaceuticals? It's like, it's like, we're just ignoring this. And yeah, I, I as a as a conservative, you know, I take it to just the force first order issue. This isn't the free market playing out. We're we've actually we've bastardized the free market, right? Right through through pharma spending five times more than the oil industry on lobbying through a government takeover um, of these industries. 
Um, we have a totally rigged system where we're literally our fertility is shutting down. Um, so, so that's crushing free will in a way it's crushing human capital. So the free market solution is calling this stuff out and getting on a more even playing field, um, where we're not just funneled into this innovation base, you know, um, people just aren't told people aren't incentivized that everything that, that, that PCOS, that diabetes, that heart disease, these things all result from the same, uh, thing. And, and Lisa, if I do just have one more story, you know, I've talked about this before, but a huge emphasis for me on this is my mom, you know, abruptly in 2021 got pancreatic cancer and, and 12 days later died. And, uh, and it, it was, it was, it was obviously shocking and, and she was our best friend, but in a way it, it really heightened this mission because the oncologist at Stanford where she was uh, dying said this was unlucky, her cancer, but you go back 40 years and she had some fertility issues having me, I was 12 pounds, uh, which, which is actually an indicator of metabolic dysfunction that she probably, you know, had gestational diabetes. Oh, that's fine. She had high cholesterol, took a statin, high blood sugar, took metformin. She had all of these conditions, high blood pressure, took, took a pill for that. So she was on five pills by the time she was 70. Oh, that's normal. 80% of, you know, or excuse me, 40% of people your age are on a statin. No problem. It was all these rites of passages, all these siloed issues, you know, not ringing the alarm bell 40 years ago when I was born large, when she had gestational diabetes, when she had fertility issues, that could be a warning sign. That could be actually a gift that you actually have some underlying metabolic dysfunction that will eventually lead to something more serious later. Um, but no, it was, it was an isolated pill masking the issue each time. And then, Oh, tough break. Um, when, when, when she ends up dying, it, it, cancer isn't random. Uh, Alzheimer's is now called type three diabetes. It's so tied to blood sugar dysregulation, what we're eating. Um, if you have stable blood sugar, um, which I, I really believe is a barometer on, on your diet and lifestyle and is very under control and can be reversed in a matter of months with the right, you know, with the right interventions, you are not going to die of COVID. <laughs> like you are not going to get Alzheimer's. You've a, you, you by definition, aren't going to get diabetes. You have almost a 0% chance of getting heart disease, uh, and, and, and just go down the list. The fact that our medical leaders aren't saying this like in unison, the fact that 95% of the people that make our nutrition guidelines are directly paid by food companies, the fact that Dr. Fauci was only talking about a marginal pharmaceutical uh, solution instead of the fact that COVID only killed metabolic and healthy people, like this is a scandal. And it's because the largest industry in the country actually profits from the fact that our food system has been totally, totally corrupted. I mean, they have to know they're killing us. I go back and forth on that. And that's what a lot of people hit on is what, you know, what's the, like, what's the motivation here? And I'll tell you, I, I've, I've had some very dark views on this and kind of modulate, uh, you know, based on the day. I, I would say this, I think the beauty of the system in a way is that everyone has some plausible deniability, right? Like nobody is responsible for asking why everyone's getting sick, right? Um, you know, these obesity clinics that are popping up, they're trying to help patients, you know, manage their obesity, give them drugs and surgeries. They're not asking why people are getting obese. They fundamentally lose money if those patients um, learn to eat better um, and actually manage the, 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 you know, they're, they're incentivized, you know, to, for these lifetime drugs, this new thing and surgeries. Um, 
and they can probably maybe go to sleep at night or convince themselves to. Uh, Dr. Fauci feels like he's giving grants to, you know, to, to researchers, to, to research disease, uh, not really taking responsibility for the fact that he's responsible for trillions of dollars. I think over his career, the NIH, it's like almost a trillion dollars of research funding for chronic disease management and chronic disease rates have exploded, which is in the interest of everyone he's funding. Um, so, 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 so I think there is potential, but if you look at doctors right now, they have the highest suicide rate and the highest burnout rate of any profession. If you talk to any doctor off the record, any hospital in America, they'll say something's very wrong. They'll say their system is not helping patients. The patients aren't getting better. Um, and I think when you look at that suicide rate, which is actually at epidemic levels for doctors, um, you don't, you know, missionaries who are working hard don't commit suicide at epidemic rates. People that believe in what they're doing, they've actually, the New York Times, which they were right on this case, actually did a study of doctors recently and said they have the same chronic across the medical field, the same psychological problem that soldiers who were forced to commit war crimes have, that doctors are actually realizing and have the, this PTSD feeling um, because they got in for the right reasons, but actually understand that they're actually committing crimes against humanity, essentially. So I actually do think there's this awareness building. Um, you know, I, I think we all know good doctors, but I do think there is a lack of moral courage among leaders in the medical industry, among pharmaceutical leaders, hospital leaders, doctors, to not raise their hand and say, this has to end. Our, our, our voracious appetite as a system for more and more sick patients to, gr to grow, it, 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 it's going to destroy the country. What are the assumptions of a brand new pediatric cardiology center? The loans that underwrit, underwrote the building of that hospital necessitate more kids with heart problems. It will, the loan that Goldman Sachs gave that hospital or some big bank will default if more kids don't get sick. The, 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 the new obesity clinics that they're building will go bankrupt and people will be fired if more people don't get obese. Like this is, you just have to look at the banks that are underwriting and investing in this industry and look at their models and look when they're underwriting the new obesity drug, they have rates of obesity going up as the drug is prescribed more. That's what the dollars tell us. That's what history tells us. But we're being gaslighted and told that more and more like silo drugs that just band-aid the problem instead of the core issue, which is food, are going to work. We're being played for fools and it unfortunately keeps working. Well, and not only a Band-Aid, but I mean, it's a vicious cycle because we're, we're being encouraged to eat food that's making us sick, then put on medicine. And then what are the consequences of the medicine? Like, what are the consequences of taking Ozempic for the future? Or, you know, what are the consequences of the COVID vaccine for someone who was never at risk from COVID in the first place and was forced to get the vaccine or, or even on infertility? To be honest, like, I don't have any evidence of this, but I have concern about what birth control that they give young women over a long period of time does to a woman's body? Is that introducing something unnatural to a woman? Is that creating? And, you know, and so like, what are the consequences of the things that are quote unquote supposed to fix us? Well, let's just take a case study of a child to answer that question. So the American Academy of Pediatrics, which sets the standard of care for pediatric, pediatric management, uh, is, is their bulk of their budget comes from pharma. They have been given millions of dollars by the Ozempic maker. And they recently said, after just a 68-week study, one of the shortest studies ever to approve a drug, they have said that 
kids 12 years and up who are overweight or obese should be prescribed Ozempic, which is a lifetime treatment. Okay. So let's take the 45% of teenagers who are overweight or obese. Okay. They inevitably have high blood pressure. They inevitably have high blood sugar, uh, bad cholesterol, overweight. So they're put on Ozempic. Okay. What are they being told when they are given Ozempic? The core doctors who are speaking out about obesity, Dr. Fatima Stanford, who is at Harvard, who was on 60 Minutes and it's paid for by Ozempic, said, obesity is a brain disease. Children have been completely misled to say it's tied to diet or lifestyle. She literally said this. You can Google on 60 Minutes. That is the message from, it actually has to be the message from obesity doctors, because if you establish that obesity is under our control, you can't label it as a disease that we need government funding to treat that people have no control over. So obesity medicine field has completely washed their hands and said obesity is not due to what you do. It's genetic. Okay. So the kid being given Ozempic is told it's not about food. So that kid takes the Ozempic and there's of course side effects. There's a black box warning on, um, on, on thyroid cancer. The EU has actually put a halt to prescriptions because it's causing such high rates of suicidal ideation and depression, which makes total sense because the drug is gastrointestinal dysfunction and 95% of our serotonin is in our gut, which regulates our happiness. And it, the drug is a weapon of mass destruction for the gut by, by definition. It's, 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 it's essentially injectable bulimia, which is, which is what it is. Um, so, so, so there's a host of side effects, but even if the drug worked perfectly, you're telling that child don't worry about what you eat. So maybe they're eating what 20% less crappy food, but they're still fueling their cells with crappy food. So they're going to get on a statin, obviously, which, you know, 40% of men over 40 are on. So they're going to get on a statin. There's huge side effects with statins that are increasing or coming out. Joe Rogan just did a big episode on this, but statins are very problematic. But even if they were perfect, you're still being told, oh, you now have your heart disease at bay. No problem. Keep eating whatever you want then they inevitably are on metformin or insulin or something for, for, for diabetes. Shockingly, the American Diabetes Association until 2018 said that if you take your diabetes medication, you can eat whatever you want. You can drink Cokes, eat any food you want, as much sugar as you want, as long as you take your diabetes medication. Absolutely criminal. But that's the message people are being told. They're, they're being told that they're doing something by taking the pill. But if they don't reverse the underlying habits that are actually causing all these comorbidities, right? You're not going to play whack-a-mole with the pill. You can literally, you know, as a, as a health strategy, take the $4 trillion that we spend on healthcare and actually like work to drive better root cause outcomes. It, it sounds so simple, but that's the way anyone would design the system. If they just came with a blindfold on and saw the fact that 50% of adults were uh, pre-diabetic or diabetic, 80% were obese, all the metabolic, that's obviously what you would do. Um, you know, you'd work to take some of the poison out of our food system. You wouldn't recommend from the USDA that two-year-olds should eat 10% of their diet as added sugar, which we do today. You wouldn't subsidize sugar and ultra-processed food, which we do, which is a completely non-conservative policy. You know, you, you would just start to unwind the fact that we recommend and subsidize poisonous food. Um, you know, and I would personally pay, uh, lower income folks on Medicaid who are diabetic, who are bankrupting our country, um, pay them to exercise and just think about incentives to get people that would save the, us much more than the fact, you know, a, a 30 year old on Medicaid who's diabetic 
is costing our system, the taxpayers, millions of dollars over the course of their life. Diabetes is a brilliant disease uh, for the medical system because it doesn't kill you right away, but it guarantees you have more comorbidities to manage. So um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a quick rant on that. (laughs) Quick break more on how big food and big farmer are killing us. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. We're supposed to be, you know, body positivity. You know, it's okay to be obese. You know, the, the Financial Times recently had an article about the dramatic rising cancer in millennials. Right. You had touched upon this earlier, but how much of cancer is avoidable? Oh, my mom's pancreatic cancer is is highly tied to blood sugar dysregulation and and pre diabetes, diabetes, breast cancer. I, I can just cannot stress this enough. Um, right. We all can understand the link between smoking and lung cancer. Uh, elevated blood sugar, you know, essentially pre-diabetes or diabetes is as predictive, uh, for many leading forms of cancer as smoking is to lung cancer. Um, cancer is not random at all. As I said, 50% of dogs, we process crap. We give them have cancer. Cancer rates are de minimis in the natural world, right? Any, any animal can get cancer. This is, this is essentially a invention of what humans have done to ourselves. Um, and food is number one, but it's basic stuff. It's food, sleep, movement, environmental toxins. You know, again, I I used to work for, you know, large consumer packaged good companies and say it's a nanny state to regulate the chemicals and substances in our food and personal care products. But I think that actually I've been, I was gaslighted by the system that to call that nanny state, what's nanny state is that corporations have bribed and corrupted the government so much that there are thousands of neurotoxins in our household products and food that are banned in every other developed country. That's not the free market, actually. That's a corruption of the market right there that we don't have oversight of, of proven neurotoxins in our in our food and personal care products. So, you know, you go down this rabbit hole, you look at healthcare influencers, they're basically ringing alarm about everything. They're ringing alarm about shampoo. They're ringing alarm about, you know, what's in our air, what's in our water, what's in our food. 
Uh, but 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 I will say, and this is how I look at it. Uh, I wouldn't trade our benefits of modern society for everything. I think the U.S. and capitalism has produced, you know, the greatest. I would not want to be in any other society, but that does not mean we haven't lost our way in some key areas. And uh, we have been our our systems have been corrupted, um, and we absolutely should not be trusting the institutions that you know make the products that we put on our in our children's in our children's bodies and in our bodies. And this is the tax we have to pay. Uh, as I think, taking more. Uh, uh, trusting the system a little bit less and taking matters into our own hands uh, more. But but yeah, to, to reel it all back, uh, obviously, this is uh, tied to the fact that cancer is rising dramatically among kids. They, they don't call it early onset diabetes anymore. Uh, you know, one third of all new diabetes cases are among, uh, among teenagers and young adults. Um, they used to call that early onset. It used to be super rare. Um, there's early onset Alzheimer's. They're about to drop the early onset label because pe- people so much younger are getting dementia and Alzheimer's now. So everything's going younger and it's all tied together. So if someone's listening to this and they're saying, you know what, I'm not going to let these assholes kill me with their crappy food. I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to make big pharma even richer by taking their meds. It, what does a healthy lifestyle actually look like? So on a, on a, on a one top down thing, I, I think we've got to, I think there's massive frustration on this issue, but the reason that big food and big pharma win is because they're able to focus their efforts on specific legislation, uh, whereas it's very dispersed. But I think every parent in the country is horrified by how sick kids are getting and how overweight. One thing I just say is I, I would encourage everyone to call uh, you know their elected representatives. The food stamp bill is up for renewal right now, and they're about to continue the handout to Coke. Coke is the number one item that we subsidize on food stamps, and Senator Rubio and Senator uh, Booker, bipartisan bill, to just very simple, just not pay for sugar water with a government nutrition program, which is totally letting down um, lower income people. Uh, you know, single moms and such who are depending on this program to, to, to have their kids buy nutritious food. So, so call and support the Rubio Booker bill to not have food stamps fund Coke anymore. It's the number one item on food stamps, but it's got to be a bottom up, bottoms up revolution at 100%. And the key message I have is that we have been completely lied to that things are complicated. If you scan your label for three ingredients, um, you're getting 80% there. Uh, so the three ingredients obviously are are added sugar, which which is everywhere. Sugar consumption is up a hundred times in a hundred years. Sugar is the most deadliest uh, and I think most pernicious drug in the country. I think with food we have an addiction problem, myself included. We we all are in some addicted. Food has been weaponized, and if you start cutting sugar out of your diet, which is comes obviously comes in surprising places, you're getting a long way there. Number two is seed oils. Seed oils are the number one source of American calories right now. If you look at anything, you'd be shocked, right? There'll be numerous seed oils, soybean oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil. It is it is unbelievable how these ingredients sneak into any product you buy, even if it's at Whole Foods, organic, expensive, you always have seed oils. These did not exist in the American diet until 100 years ago because they were only created 100 years ago as an industrial byproduct by John Rockefeller as a byproduct of oil production originally made to grease machinery literally the, these are these are cheap oils that are now the staple and largest source of calorie in the american diet and i think you you are seeing and going to see increasing research come out about the scandal of of seed oils so you want to stick to olive oil you want to stick to butter you want to stick to healthy fats that aren't seed oils number 3 is highly processed grains 
So if you go to a, a grocery store, gas station, if you pick up anything, you'd be shocked, right? It's some kind of enriched wheat, uh, probably some sugar, and then a couple seed oils. Like those three ingredients are the foundation of ultra-processed food, which is 70% of our diet now. And all three of those ingredients didn't exist a hundred years ago. You know, processed, you know, readily available sugar is a, is a wholly new invention. Um, seed oils are new. And then the processed grain, the processing takes the fiber off of the grain and creates into this Franken food that allows products to stay on shelves for, for years, but the fiber contains a lot of the nutrients and blunts the glucose impact. So if you eliminate those three ingredients, you're basically forcing, particularly with your kids to a more whole foods diet, or if you're buying processed food, it's, it's probably slightly better. Um, but, but, but that, that would be it. Uh, you know, and, and I think, um, something that's helped me is just seeing, you know, I don't really like to exercise, but my mental shift has been exercise is just a tax that we have to pay in modern society. You know, we used to walk around a lot as humans. We used to be in the sun more, you know, indoors is basically a new concept biologically, but we have like, our, we're being forced into a sedentary life and getting movement and building that habit isn't for anything other than the fact that if you put any animal in an enclosed cage in New York, in an apartment, in an office, they'll go crazy. And I think we really are going crazy by lack of movement. Um, so that, 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 that's at least, so we could go down the list, but it's, it's going through the basic metabolic habits. It, it's cut the ultra processed food, move, sleep, you know, read books by Mark Hyman, by Rob Lustig, by a lot of warriors in the space, frankly, listen to Joe Rogan and other podcasts you're talking about, you know, and, and just go on a path of curiosity, believing that you can cure and thrive things in your body instead of depending on this medical system that's totally letting us down. No, I mean, I have to work out. It's just a, you know, a mental health thing. It just clears my mind. It's like, I, I just, I have to, uh, I'd ask you about alcohol, but I don't know if I'm ready for that conversation. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go, tell us a little bit about true medicine. So after my mom died, uh, that was a big impact on me. And then my sister, who I, I mentioned briefly, um, uh, after 13 years of training as a surgeon, uh, left, uh, the, the field, um, abruptly quit because she realized that at Stanford med school, she didn't take one nutrition class, like 90% of doctors that graduate and went on a journey on metabolic health and, and, and has been a bit, a big advocate as well. Dr. Casey means. So I started asking a couple of years ago, how can I impact this issue, which is really changing the incentives, um, to instead of healthcare dollars kicking and once people get sick to manage conditions, how do we keep people healthy? So TrueMed actually in a very seamless way writes doctor's notes for food or exercise, um, which actually unlock HSA, FSA spending. So there's $150 billion in these accounts. Most people have, I never, I never use these accounts because they're seen as like, you know, tools to use when you're sick for drugs. But uh, almost every American has access to these accounts. You can put $10,000 tax-free money into these accounts. And with our notes that we can provide, we write prevention and reversal plans for conditions, tying food, exercise, supplements, cold plunges, saunas, metabolically healthy items. So we're enabling people to buy their uh, exercise uh, tax-free, uh, healthy groceries, um, their supplements. And uh, for, for average, that's a 30% savings. We have a very seamless process. So truemed.com, we're partnering uh, with a lot of leading brands. Um, you can see on our site, but a lot of brands you've probably heard of. And um, it's just a simple, probably three-minute process to get that doctor's note and uh, 
and use medical dollars, right? Use like tax advantage medical dollars, not waiting for when you get sick and need a bunch of drugs, but actually, you know, to be buying exercise and food for your family. Um, so th that's our mission. And I'm also writing a book, uh, which is coming out next year uh, with my sister uh, on this topic, um, which we're really excited about. Yeah, well, we'd love to have you both on um, when the book comes out. Maybe we can talk about alcohol. Oh, I don't know. We might want to skip that. You know, you got to have some fun, but you just sugar or sometimes alcohol sometimes. But but the analogous point is like, we're not putting alcohol or recommending alcohol to our kids and putting in all that. Like sugar just sneaks in everywhere. I think that's the problem. We just, we need to think of more things like alcohol, like not necessarily a good thing, like not a good thing, but you know, we, we should be allowed to have treats uh, and fun, but with food, it's just been normalized into everything we eat, which I think is really the problem. I laugh about the alcohol, but I've I've actually tried to cut that down too to just like a couple of glasses yeah, of wine because yeah. I, I know that's you know yeah. going to kill me too. So every, everything's killing. Yeah. Callie, this is so <laughs> such an interesting conversation. Uh, we've learned so much from you, so I really appreciate you taking the time for joining us and enlightening us. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. Was Callie Means, uh, founder of TrueMed. I mean, that was a fascinating conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I've been thinking a lot about health recently, just trying to be healthier to the best of my ability. I found him fascinating. So appreciate you guys listening to the show every Monday and Thursday, but of course you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Please drop us a review on Apple. We like to look at those, whatever you want. Until next time. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. 